This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele. Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. What a World Cup for Megan From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapino's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online, and welcome to Recruiting Roundup. Recruiting Roundup is our weekly show that drops on Fridays, bringing you all the news and analysis from the past week of recruiting. You can follow and interact with us on all social media accounts at Prospects101Pod. I'm Kenny Keller, and I'm joined by Brandon Glessner. Hey, what's up, guys? Big recruiting news this week. It's good. It was getting a little dry from last week. There wasn't a lot to talk about. ton to talk about tonight, though. Absolutely. And I'm also joined by Brandon Pastel. This sounds like a repetitive theme at this point, but Virginia Tech lost out on two recruits this past week. I'm not extremely excited right now. You know what? It's funny. None of us, Gless nor I, put anything about Virginia Tech in this doc. So for Riley Bradshaw, our former co-host, when you listen to this, that was not us. Brandon Pastel brought that up on his own. I did. It sucks. I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll be an honest broker, man. If Virginia Tech's doing well, I'll say they're doing well. And when they're not doing well, I'll admit it. Right now, they lost out on Naquan Brown to LSU, and they lost out on uh, the receiver to Louisville this past week. So, just frustrating. I know. I just wanted to get out ahead of it because I'm, I'm waiting for the inevitable Riley Bradshaw text to me talking about how I'm always crapping on Virginia Tech. I mean, so, losing out to LSU, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah no, that it, upset. No, it's not. It's not when you look at the schools like that. It's more or less that they were the projected favorite uh, for so long for him because he's from the Virginia Beach area. And then you see him last second, really last second, probably the last month or two, kind of like you see the momentum start slowly sliding towards LSU. And it's just like there's nothing you can do at that point when the ball is rolling. You know why? It's because they abandoned the 757. And then when their other well dried up, they tried to go back to it. And by that point, it was too late. 
He's an Ocean Lakes guy, Gless. That's where he's from. Yeah, well, yep. stud. Yep. So, well, the biggest news in recruiting this week, and it actually just dropped today, Jimbo Fisher hit with a six-month show cause for recruiting violations. And to sum up what that means, essentially, and I, guys, I want to get your take on this here in a second, but to sum up the list of penalties, they basically had one year – Their Texas A&M is going to be placed on one year of probation. They had a fine of $5,000, and they lost a bunch of official recruiting visits for the academic year. Um, they lost a bunch of, you know, off-campus uh, recruiting bans and, on, and bringing guys on campus for recruiting bans. But here's the thing. They, they're not really losing much because of COVID. Everything's virtual right now or on the phone or, or, or you know, not, not face-to-face. Like, they're not coming on campus. They're not going to people, kids' homes or scouting kids at, at camps because none of that's going on right now. Now, there's a little thing at the bottom that says, you know, based off of what happens with COVID, this could impact how the remaining, remaining recruiting restrictions are implemented. But, I mean, let's be serious. I think this is more for show than anything. Uh, the biggest thing was Jimbo can't essentially recruit for the next six months, which is like a vacation for him anyways. So it might. I, I think it's going to be pretty much a lot to do about nothing. And, Gless, you can kind of talk about – we talked about this offline – about how petty the recruiting violations were and the violations oh. in general were anyway. Oh, my gosh. It was so petty. And, by the way, they date back to, like, 2018. So I don't know how long this investigation was going on, but it just seems like a massive waste of time, in my opinion. Uh, so what were the two recruiting violations? Number one, he talked to a student athlete that – I guess it was a it was an inappropriate conduct. I don't know what that means, but I don't know. Maybe he texted him during a dead week, or I don't know what it is. But it seems extremely petty to me uh, that they were able to narrow it down to one player, and then <laughs> unintentionally cause student. A- un- by the way, unintentionally being the key word here, cause student athletes to exceed time limits by seven hours. Okay, during permissible weeks of spring and summer activities. So we're talking about all the spring and summer activities that a college football team does. And they were able to say you went seven hours over to me. It's completely ridiculous. It's another reason why I just don't like the NCAA. It's extremely petty. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm glad that it's a really small slap on the wrist, but it's just, I mean, it's just bad press, but it's kind of a joke, in my opinion. I mean, come on. Enforce the standards, my man. If there is rules, you gotta follow them. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. what do you want? What do you want them to do? Like, hey, I know it was close. Just let it go. And then Pandora's box opens, and ten, seven hours becomes twenty hours. Twenty hours becomes forty hours. Where's the actual line when you have one in place and they broke it? It was a slap on the wrist thing, for the most part. I'm kind of kind of joking about it a little bit, but in all reality, I would say the the biggest thing about this if anything, is we had Coach Healy on, you know, the other day, and he mentioned how the decommitment game is going to be at an all-time high uh, this upcoming fall. And, like, you know, guys, if you have committed right now, may not be committed to that team in a few months from now. So with Jimbo Fisher, he's not going to be able to recruit a lot of these guys that already commit to teams right now that we all expect it to be, you know, a lot of these guys to be decommitted here shortly. So that's probably the one thing, if anything, with these violations that you might want to look at is see how they kind of take – guys from a committed standpoint to a decommitted and get them over to Texas A&M. It might not happen as much because of this. Gless, 
Name two things that are more iconic than Brandon Pastel and coming to the defense of the NCAA. Just like the national, uh, you know, the the name and likeness debate. You know, Brandon's a – I begin to think Brandon works for the NCAA. He's a shill for him. He's Mark <laughs> Emmert's puppet. He's definitely getting a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's cashing that check from the NCAA. They're that's probably that's paying what for I the, do know. They're probably paying for the embassy suites he's staying in right now. That's and order breakfast, on. free alcohol from 5 to 30 to 7.30, and you get a suite with a living room, TV, and a pull-out couch. All nice. you, you got to do is just rep the NCAA on all debates. <laughs> on all podcasts, that's right. <laughs> so that was the biggest news that came out today uh, in terms of just, you know, overarching. I, I, again, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be, you know, not much to do about nothing, but the, the biggest news, Jimbo Fisher hit with a six-month show cause for recruiting violations. Now, the other biggest news this week was Tony Grimes making his decision, and his commitment decision was UNC over Georgia, five-star cornerback and a top-ten overall recruit. Tony Grimes, who we talked about, Gluss and I did a couple weeks ago, about potentially reclassifying to the 2020 recruiting class because of everything that's going on with COVID and the pandemic. But so far, he has not done that. It doesn't seem like he's going to reclassify. So, Tony Grimes, 2021 commit to UNC. What are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, so I'll kind of go first here. So, I actually think he will end up reclassifying because I don't see a high school football season happening in the fall. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't see it just from my contacts and what's going on around here. Um, I know some schools up in Fairfax County are, like, working out. But, dude, we're in July, and they're not allowed to have equipment on the field. Mm -hmm. Like, they're basically just doing conditioning drills. Like, there's no – like, can't throw a ball – you can't do anything like that. So, you can't tell me there's going to be a fall season. So, I'd be extremely shocked if we don't see Tony Grimes playing for UNC in the fall. Um, You know what? And it's it's another massive, massive get – for Mac Brown and the and the UNC program, and it just shows, man, you guys are ACC guys. You guys should be very afraid about the talent that's coming to UNC uh, because Mac Brown is just doing a heck of a job. Um, read some articles on Tony Grimes. One thing that he really loved about UNC is he didn't get recruited by one guy. He got recruited by the whole staff. He had a great relationship with Mac Brown. Uh, Dre Blythe, uh, former NFL corner, uh, yeah. was his recruiter and also the secondary I think he's the corners coach there at North Carolina. Uh, just love the program. It's obviously it's close to home for him as well. He's not going all the way down to Georgia. He's just going a, a short way away to Chapel Hill. So ultimately, it it was a shocker. But again, in this season of recruiting, what we've seen so far, it's really not that shocking because UNC has performed so well in the recruiting trail. And again, this is a guy. Look, dude, if if he's playing for North Carolina next year and he's a five star which means that he'll probably end up playing as a true freshman. He could be a guy that tilts that coastal division in North Carolina's favor. So it may be, mm-hmm. it may be the yeah. guy that helps them get over the hump. So very important not only for recruiting, but for ACC football here in the fall as they could be the team to beat in the coastal because now they possibly have a shutdown corner. Yeah, not only does UNC, like they've had a good recruiting class last year. They're having a top three class this year, but – Arguably, this is the guy that actually now kind of like set them back into that that next tier. Like they were all four star. Like Sam Howell was a phenomenal quarterback prospect coming out of high school, but I'm pretty sure he's still a four star prospect. This is really that first five star, top six player in college football, like the real deal out of state. You got him out of state as well. 
So that this is really putting North Carolina into that next category. I mean, touche for UNC. Now you got two ACC schools in the top three. Yeah, you know, it's it's a big pickup for UNC, and it's a big pickup just because they're in the Coastal Division. You know, we we kind of we've had two we've had two guys we brought on the interview called the Coastal Division the JV side of of the ACC, but you know, and, and half joking, but it, it, seriously though, the, the Coastal is by far the most open side of the ACC, so. I don't think it's it's a stretch by any imagination to say UNC's probably the favorite the next couple of years, the way they're recruiting and the way they're playing and the way they're bringing in talent to win the Coastal. Um, I think they're the team that can finally separate themselves and get rid of the seven-year run. We've had seven different Coastal winners represent uh, that side in the ACC championship. So, and Gless, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but you know what was funny when you talked about guys have been Fairfax working out and stuff and on, you know, being on the field. So I was running at the track yesterday at Gale Middle School, and I guess a bunch of Colonial Forge players decided they wanted to meet up and work out on the football field. You want to talk about just feeling low? I just donated a pint of blood, and I had and I did, and I had leg day, and I'm now I'm running, and I'm just gassed. Like, I'm, I'm just absolutely gassed. So I'm trying to run, like, two miles – and I'm about halfway through, and I just hit a wall. Like, I'm toast. And I look, and there's, like, 30 kids on the football field just in, like, peak physical shape. And you know how good Colonial Forge is, like, the athletes they have there. Just absolutely crushing it. And I'm just sitting there like, this sucks. I'm now old. I know. Well, yeah, what do you expect? I mean, those guys are young bucks, man. They're 17 years old. Was, You're almost twice their age. It was, it was low, man. It was a low feeling. I was like, oh. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, big news for UNC, big news for the ACC five-star cornerback Tony Grimes commits to UNC and is a really, really, really big get. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Now moving on, Bama guys, they're shooting up the rankings. Now they're up to 12th. They landed Ohio State decommit Devonta Smith, a three-star corner this week at and then they picked up a four-star edge commit in Dallas Turner, who's one of the highest-rated defensive players in the entire country. They're 12th, and they only have 10 commits. I mean, they're, they're, they're another two four-star run, three four-star run, or a five-star and a couple four-stars away from being top five in a blink of an eye. Keep talking crap, Pastel. Keep doing it. <laughs> Keep doing it. Keep putting down Alabama. See how Nick Saban comes back. So, so what I'm going to say here is, like, yeah, they only had 10 commits. What a doofus. But then there's three to four times more people committed already in college football. It's not like there's a bunch of athletes out there left. Like, there might be one or two crystal balls for five-star players that are somewhat pointed towards Alabama or even having them in the running. Outside of that, you're looking at just four-star players, which 
sounds stupid for, you know, most other programs, but for Alabama, a four-star player is a tier, a tier two player. Like, they expect five-star players. And right now, besides, I think, one offensive lineman, they're not in the running for any of these guys. No, don't I mean, they're, 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 they're going to get decommits, man. They're going to get so many decommits. They got the brothers, the linemen, the linemen brothers. Like four, that's a four and five star, so they, they for sure have a four and five star pretty much sewed up. That's the one five star left. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I think they'll be top five. I think they'll still be top five without decommits. Like, they're, dude, they're, their average star rating is ridiculous right now. I mean, they're not that far behind everybody else, and they have four, five, six less commits than most of the guys in front of them. And they're already on their heels. It's only going to take uh, one if they if they land at one four star, one five star guy, they're going to be top ten next already. Like that's all they got to do. If they land those if those brothers committed tomorrow, they'd be in the top ten, and they'd still only have twelve commits. Like digging that well just deeper and deeper. There's gonna be other people that are gonna be jumping them. Like dig it in, like Louisville, Texas. I would oh say my oh wow, wow! Brandon is just all man. He is all in on this bit. Yep, I, I am. I can't man. wait to play this back. This hey, hey, the worst hot you've ever given. Watch out for Georgia too. I mean, Georgia's sitting at 19. Yeah, so look at this: Georgia 19, you got Auburn at 25. And they get Oklahoma at 32. We all expect all three of those programs. You got guys like Caleb Williams for Oklahoma. Automatically going to shoot that program up. So they're going to mm-hmm. jump Alabama. So Alabama's going to pick up these two players. Jump they're Alabama. Gonna be, they're still going to be top, Great. you know, 12, 13. And these guys, you know, you know, just jumping them. So yeah. no worries here. Top, you're going to be the outside top 10. Yeah, digging in, right. pastel is digging, digging in. in. What's that? What's that clip from Always Sunny where he's like, "And you're not going to change my mind. I've already dug in. As an American, that's my right not to change my mind." He goes, "And I don't have to, but I'm going to change your mind." Oh Hilarious. my gosh! What is that? That's, a, that's that clip where he's like, "Science is a liar sometimes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that's pastel right now. It's not. That's not true. <laughs> Oh goodness! But now, I mean, look, they we we joke, but you know, they picked like I said, picking up Devontae Smith uh, and uh, Ohio State decommit is a big get for their for their program. And then you know, four star edge commit Dallas Turner, who's an absolute beast, by the way. He's very, very highly touted. So business as usual for Alabama. They're starting to pick up steam. We already mentioned that they have the two offensive line brothers who look like they're pretty much locked in to go to Alabama. They're four and five star. By the way. How crazy is it? They're twins, they're brothers, and they're a four and five star recruit. Like that's awesome. That's if crazy. I'm at, if I'm at the dinner table, I would just have like five. If I was the, the five star recruit, everything around me would just have the number five. Yeah. Like, oh, is that four for you? Is that? <laughs> have you got? Have you seen that? I would say I'd be I'd be a little salty if I was the four star, and not the five one. I wonder. I wonder if they have any other like if they have another brother who's not like a stud football player or a stud athlete. Like, have you seen the? Have you seen the Subway commercial where, like, uh, it's T.J. Watt, um, J.J. Watt, and Derek Watt, and they're handing out subs, and you're like – and you look at it, and you're like, dude, Derek Watt has to be so just butthurt because T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt are these all-pro edge rusher, defensive end, outside linebacker type players in the NFL, and I've never even heard of Derek Watt. Well, you know what? You have guys like Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and Archie Manning, and obviously Archie Manning is the uh... – the guy you don't really hear about too much, but come on, come his – You talking about Cooper Manning? Sorry, Cooper Manning. Cooper Manning. Cooper, Cooper Manning. Manning. But Cooper Manning's son might be the best prospect out of all those guys here hitting the high school trail and soon well, to be college trail here shortly. And will Cooper Manning, remember, Eli and Peyton talk about Cooper Manning like he was the best athlete in the family, and I think he had a back injury or some kind of degenerative issue with his yeah, back. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was actually a stud, but he, he just – 
unfortunately his health fell apart. But yeah, you know Derek Watts just got to be like, why why not even agree to do this commercial? Everybody's just gonna make fun of me, which is ridiculous. He's still an NFL football player. Yeah. Well, Caleb Williams, Brandon, you just talked about him. Won the Elite 11 MVP this year. Uh, and it was just announced two days ago that he was named MVP. And I don't think that's much of a surprise. Trent Dilfer talks about 75% of the award is from is based off your junior year, year film. And he's the number one quarterback prospect in the country by a decent margin. So he obviously had superior film. Now his Elite 11 camp, he wasn't, by most accounts, the best player there. A lot of guys talked about um, – uh, Vandergraaff, the quarterback from Georgia, looked the most polished, but Caleb Williams still takes the hardware home, uh, and he's going to commit this weekend, July 4th on Saturday, to either OU, LSU, or Maryland. Now, OU is the heavy favorite. Do you guys see that changing, or is OU going to get another number one recruit just like they did with Spencer Rattler? It's got to be OU. What? First of all, why would you not go to OU at this point? All they are doing is producing Heisman candidate uh, trophy winners, and then number one overall football players. Like, besides Joe Burrow, LSU is notoriously known to have crappy quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And you don't have Joe Brady there anymore. So if I'm a quarterback that, let's be honest, you're the number one player or number one quarterback in, you know, the, the recruiting landscape, you go to a school that is going to propel you to the NFL. And that's that's got to be OU. It, that's if he can get on the field. I mean, he's got to go in there and beat out Spencer Radler, who all – by all accounts, is was just as heralded as Caleb Williams was coming out. So, I mean, you, look, I, I never shy away from, from competition and go out and, and be your best there. But, I mean, if I were him, you got to go to LSU, right? Why wouldn't you go to the defending national champions and there's really no one there to stop you from, from becoming a starter pretty early in your college career? Just something to think about. Maryland, I don't – Maryland's an interesting one. I, I I do think that they're probably a distant third. Um, it's hard for me to see the number one quarterback in the land going to Maryland. Maryland was terrible last year. They were three and nine. Um, just an embarrassment to watch on the field, to be quite honest with you. And they're just not a football program that that produces high level NFL talent on a consistent basis. So um, I, I think I'll, if I were him, I would go to LSU. Um, but you know, pass out of your point. No. And and Kenny, I think that um, I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that him and Lincoln Riley are pretty close and pretty tight, and there's a strong relationship there. So we'll see. You you guys are both wrong because I wouldn't go to any of these three schools. I would go to quarterback U, USC. If I'm the number one prospect, if I'm the number one ranked quarterback recruit in the country, I'm choosing USC ten times out of ten. And let me tell you why. Since 1998. They've had a quarterback drafted that has started in their program all the way up and through 2018. You've had Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, John David Booty, Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley, Cody Kessler, and Sam Darnold. All those guys have started games every season since 1998 through 2017 for USC, and now they have Keaton Slovis in 2019 who's going to continue – who's going to start his own new tradition of quarterbacks getting drafted high. That's where I'm going if I'm the number one quarterback. That's, that's stupid, man. USC, since, since, baby. since 2018, a lot more modern day, not 1998 or whatever you just said. To, had, to 2017. They, it's not like had, I stopped in 2006. They've had three Heisman Trophy winners or candidates. 
with Jalen Hurst, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray. And that's in the last three years. So forget about the past history. I want to know what you've done for me lately, and that's OU, Oklahoma University. No, USC, man. Southern Cal. I don't want to go hang out in Norman and go hang out with a bunch of cattle all day. Ugh. I go hang out with a bunch of dudes at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Gross. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hang out in Southern California, where the where where the sun's always out and it's 75 degrees year round. That's a good one. Can't argue that one. But now, in a lot all of seri- Jonin going on. <laughs> in all seriousness, OU's the heavy favorite. I don't think. It's going to be much of a surprise when he picks OU. I mean, it's pretty much as locked as locked can get. The biggest, obviously, surprise would be if he does anything but commit to OU. But tune in July 4th to see where Caleb Williams, the number one quarterback prospect in Elite 11 MVP, commits. Now, some other notable signings this week were Theodore Knox, four-star wide receiver uh, from uh, who committed to Mississippi State. So Mike Leach doing work down there in Starkville getting some more athletes for his high-powered offense. Uh, speaking of USC, Jalen Smith, four-star athlete, uh, committed this week. Caleb Edwards, a four-star safety, committed to Georgia Tech. So Jeff Collins doing work, continuing to do great work on the recruiting trail there in Atlanta. And Naquan Brown, Brandon mentioned him earlier, four-star defensive end, committed to LSU from right down the street from us in Ocean Lakes in Virginia Beach in the five or 757. Pastel, did any uh, decommitments happen this week? Yes, we had a few. Not as many as we have been seeing the last few weeks. But Minnesota, they lost a uh, three-star prospect in Demarion Crumpley. Uh, This guy had offers previously to Minnesota from Michigan State, Boston College, your boys at Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, and Maryland. So I got to imagine those guys are going to be right back there on his radar, along with a few other probably big-time schools. You don't decommit Minnesota without probably a big-time school in your back pocket. And that's the one thing with these decommitments. Very rarely, even though they always come out with a statement saying, I would like to thank the University of Minnesota for your time. I'm 100% uh, respectful of what you've given me, and I, my recruitment is now open, and I will be probably taking an official visit to Minnesota back in the fall. I just am unsure at this time. And then like a week later, they're like, I am committing to Ohio State University. Like it, it is almost clockwork on these guys acting like they're not committed after just decommitting to a program, and then a week later they're committing to someone else. Devontae Smith from a house. Ohio State said, I'm going to reopen my recruitment. A week later, Alabama. Everyone knew he was going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see where this guy goes. He's a pretty good player. You know, UCF, uh, University of Central Florida, they lost a three-star wide receiver, one of their better recruits in this recruiting class, and that's Xavier mm-hmm. Franks. Uh, and then Western Michigan lost a three-star safety, Giovanni Scales, who is a pretty big-time athlete. Like, I was watching some film earlier. The, the dude's a workout warrior. Uh, so – I gotta imagine he's got some some offers coming that we're not tracking right now. But other than that, it's pretty much the the big three three D commitments from this past week. Well, that that's a that's kind of does it for our FBS side of things. Pastel, why don't you go ahead and get us spun up on what's happened in the FCS world the last couple of days? Okay, so FCS, yeah, we we've had a lot of people talk about the Ivy League these last last two or three weeks in the recruit roundup, and that trend's gonna keep on happening today with a very highly touted recruit, and that's Princeton, uh, Princeton Tiger, uh, defensive back Derek Spearman. He had offers from the, the likes of University of Miami, Nebraska, Memphis, and pretty much every Ivy League school. And you know why that is? Because he had a 3.9 GPA. The guy's obviously a smart dude, right? He's also, he's also like I said, 6'3", 190 as a defensive back. And that's a corner. Like, the guy's lanky. 
And kind of when I was watching his film, dude's very good at press coverage. Like he he doesn't let anyone man to man. It's hard to get a, a ball completed on him because he just gets his hands up there. Had a, I mean he had ten yeah ten pass breakups this past year to go along with you know forty tackles and seven tackles for losses. But he's just very hard to get a pass covered on. I mean it's mm-hmm. hard when you're six foot three, lanky. The thing with him though, the thing I would like to see him get a little bit better at is he needs to get a little bit more physical for that size. He seems a little bit like hesitant sometimes and I would love for him to get his head turned around a little bit quicker to make those you know pass breakups turn into INTs but he is obviously a very good prospect he runs like a 4440 I mean the guy's an incredible athlete there's a reason why he likes the University of Miami we're after him but he decides to go to Princeton University probably to you know further his academic career and that's what happens when you have a 3.9 at at mm-hmm. high school. So, so Derek Spearman, by the way, his brother is Ike Spearman. If you remember that name, he went to Eastern Michigan, hmm. first went to uh, Ole Miss, then decommitted there and went to Eastern Michigan. And then he played for the Vikings for a little bit. And speaking of Eastern Michigan, they just got a six foot two dual threat quarterback named Austin Smith from Ellenwin, Georgia, who, mind you, just won three of the last four state titles in, the, in Georgia. Guy's oh. a big time player for Cedar Grove High School. He had offers from the likes of uh, Air Force, Georgia Southern, uh, Cornell, Columbia, Richmond. Uh, so, you know, some pretty big FCS schools and also Air Force being somebody in the, the Mountain West. The thing with him is he's a very smooth quarterback. He is not very twitchy, not like quick, but he's very fast, so like long distance fast. And he's very tough to bring down once you, you get that head of steam for him. As far as a passer, he, very, he does navigate the, uh, the pocket very well. He has a very, very smooth intermediate pass game. So, like, 20 yards down the, food, uh, down the field, it's mm-hmm. just a smooth pass, man, very accurate. It's just kind of like that ball just falls into the receiver's laps uh, or arms. So, very exciting prospect for Eastern Michigan. And, like I said, he's a winner, man. Three out of four state championships. Not that he was the at the – Helm for all those that he was definitely there last year when they won the state championship, but he's still coming from a a winning tradition, and that always translates into the college game. So Chris Creighton has one of the toughest jobs in college football, and that's to win at Eastern Michigan. But an even even tougher job, an even tougher job might be Pastel having to explain why he thought Eastern Michigan was an FCS team because they're clearly in the MAC. Oh, my God. <laughs> FBS team. You, you know what it was is because we were talking about Eastern Illinois last week, and I think <laughs> this, just the Eastern part of it automatically, and I knew that too. I, I just started thinking when I was going down the, uh, the commitments this past week that this was FCS, and then as soon as you start saying that, Kenny, I was like, oh, my God, they're not FCS, and you just said it. <laughs> well, I was sitting there thinking. I was like, who's the head coach at Eastern Michigan? I was like, Chris Creighton is, I think, and I was like, why do I know that name? I was like, because he's one of the up-and-coming coaches. And I was like, wait, he's not an FCS head coach. Eastern Michigan is in the freaking MAC. But you know what? In the Mac. You know why I did that? Because this was strategic. I'm telling you that. And that's because we always talk about FCS now. And we talk about big-time Power 5 schools and a little bit of the bigger-time G5 schools. We're missing the middleman here, the, the FCS to the G5. Where's that middleman? And that's Eastern Michigan. So we're showing them some love tonight. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Eastern Michigan fans are listening right now. and like, dude, we've been to three bowl games in the last four years. <laughs> Cut us some freaking slack, man. Oh, Trying to show them some love over here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it's a perfect transition for us. Uh, Gless, speaking of G5 programs like Eastern Michigan, why don't you give us the uh, top five G5 programs in terms of 
overall rankings right now, and then give us the top ten overall in the, in the entire country in terms of recruiting rankings. Yeah, not, nothing much has changed here from last week. Cincinnati, uh, the top G5 school, Memphis, SMU, Toledo, and, and uh, this next school was in last week, and Steve Adazio is doing some work, but Colorado State rounding out the top five. I'd like to see them in there. That's good to see, especially – Guys, and not to give not to give too much out, but we are previewing Mountain West next week as we've we've taped a couple of that stuff so far. So yep. good to see Steve Adazio getting uh, getting in the list there. And then top ten overall, a little bit of movement here. Um, got Ohio State, uh, Clemson two, North Carolina at three, Tennessee four, uh, USC five, Oregon six, Michigan seven, Florida eight, LSU nine. And then rounding out the top ten is going to be your Texas Longhorns. Couple things here, guys. Uh, there are currently eight ACC schools in the top thirty. It's kind of wild. When's the last time you've seen that? I mean, it's it's been a long time since you've seen that. So ACC could be back. We'll see. ACC working their way back. I would love it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them get back on top of the P five uh, hill with the uh, with the SEC as well. I mean, obviously the SECs. On a whole nother level, but I'd like to see the ACC kind of compete with the Big Ten and, and, and really come back to prominence. But, so those are some of the big storylines this week, and and some of the big storylines that will be coming up this weekend. And and you know, as always, there's a ton of ton of news in the recruiting world. Everything's changing. Everything's an unknown at this moment. We appreciate everybody who listens to the Recruiting Roundup. You can follow and interact with the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Prospects101Pod. We're always posting throughout the week. Make sure to listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us. And subscribe to stay up to date with all of our episodes. A lot of great interviews upcoming, more great content, interviews like we just had with head coach Will Healy of the Charlotte 49ers. If you have not heard that episode, please, 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 Go back and listen to that interview. I'm telling you, it is an A-plus interview, and Will Healy is a guy who is the next big thing in the coaching community, and he gave us a great interview. It was fantastic. Make sure to give us a five-star review as well or wherever you subscribe to your podcast. It really helps the show, and we really appreciate you spreading the word. For Brandon Glessner, for myself, Kenny, and for Brandon Pastel, have a great weekend. Everybody have a safe 4th of July, and we'll catch you next week.